1: Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is your host, Sophia Renea Morales. And today I am talking with Rebecca Quave about the messy truth about spiritual growth. But before I swing into all of that, I would like to invite you to take a look in the mirror metaphysically and get a good perspective on what your particular spiritual giftedness is. I know it's challenging at times to recognize that oh my gosh I'm gifted as opposed to looking at other people and and very clearly seeing how they are gifted. It doesn't always feel like maybe it applies to you directly. And that's why I created this quiz. So you could get a peek into the mirror to see what your particular giftedness is. Because so often it just feels like I'm I'm wired that way. Isn't everybody else built that way? And the truth of the matter is no, you are special. You are uniquely gifted and grab your pen, grab your piece of paper, sovereign, not sovereign self, You're already on Sovereign Self, uh, superpowerquiz.us, and it will answer the what is your number one spiritual superpower question for you. That's superpowerquiz.us. And now it's time to introduce our guest. So after spending years caught up in the exhausting hamster wheel of perfectionism and striving for more, oh my God, do I know the perfectionistic hamster wheel? (laughs) Rebecca unraveled who she thought she was Only to discover the indescribable life transforming love that was already there all along. Rebecca helps visionaries and high achievers worldwide unleash their light at full blast and live the splendiferous beacons that you truly are. As a guide in your conscious, in your expansion of consciousness, her natural gift of activating you to your highest truth creates profound ships, shifts. Ah profound shifts quickly and easily. Rebecca intuitively supports your natural process of unfolding so you can embody your soul light and experience the true unconditional love you've been craving, all while expanding your experience of success and contribution in the world. You are not broken. You are what you've been looking for, and love is all there is. Welcome. I'm so happy to have you with me today, Rebecca.
2: Oh, I am so glad to be here, and I love what you said right out the gate about how it's so true in my experience that often what people's biggest gifts are, they don't even notice because it's so natural to them, you know.
1: Yeah, it's it's just the air that I breathe, it's the way that I am, it's the water that I swim in, and that's why I created the Superpower Quiz. It's like you need to understand what a gift you are in this world. (laughs) And what that gift really looks like to people from the outside. Yeah, Yeah, I love that. I, I love showing people that and helping them discover it. And I love the fact that we all have these amazing giftednesses that we bring to the world. And I know that's a big part of what you're doing here in this world too. And I love reading these introductions because I have so many amazing and fascinating people that come on the show just, just like you and not like you at all. Right. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And that's
2: part of the beauty of, of those gifts, right. Is that, that everyone is completely unique. So even though there's that um, sort of oneness that runs through all of it, everyone's bringing their exact unique note on their exact unique instrument to this incredible symphony.
1: And that's what makes it beautiful. And that's, what's going to move us forward. Absolutely. Well, and I do these introductions. And it's so easy to look at that and go, Oh, my God, she's so advanced. And oh, she's way, way ahead of me. But we all start, you know, putting our pants on one leg at a time and have this journey of discovery and unfoldment that happens for us. And there was always a time before (laughs) we really learned to lean into that. So tell me a little bit about that time before.
2: Yeah. And honestly, even in the after time, I just posted something on social media today about how bad I am at using a water pick, how I cannot ever remember my hotel room number to save my life. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like there's always, it's, it's not about, um, any, any idea of perfection. So in the before times though, (laughs) as you said, um, I, I primarily wondered why life felt so difficult to me and seemed so easy to other people, or at least wondered why they weren't raising the concerns that I did about why everything felt so painful
1: and um, yeah. and difficult. Give, give me an example of, of one of those moments. Yeah,
2: was... exactly. So, um, well, f- one of my youngest memories was wondering why is everyone lying all the time because i could feel the pain that people were in and no one was acknowledging it right mm-hmm. um or an example of the difficulty like you're saying i uh, on one hand you know people seem to think that i would be okay at doing life even when i was uh, a kid or a teenager, because I did well in school, for example, right? So people thought, oh, oh you're and very- that has nothing, exactly, to do- nothing to do with it. They're like, you're so <laughs> smart, you're so smart, and I'm like, well, then tell me why I spend, you know, th- an hour overthinking and like not being able to decide what I'm gonna wear today or what, you know, just just yeah. anything or worrying about is my uh, uh, have, have I set up my folders right for school? I mean, I, I, it's so many things that it's hard to even like, um, go back and think about them. Or an example actually that came up today was uh, on one hand, that was the perception of me. And on the other hand, I was going to freak out if my food touched on my plate.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, and I have to say thinking back to my younger days, I really feel you on the decision making because I always felt like well, if I choose strawberry, then I miss out on the experience of vanilla. And and it was a big deal to me. Yeah. And it's like, well, and I know what the strawberry and the vanilla experience is, but there's cherry and I haven't tried cherry yet. Yeah. And, but what if I try cherry here and the cherry here isn't very good and it turns me off cherry for the rest of my life? It would, these little decisions would become these huge things to me. Exactly.
2: Exactly. That's, I'm glad that you mentioned that because that was exactly my experience as well. And, you know, looking back, I can see where it was just stemming from um, fundamentally like not trusting myself, right? And, Mm -hmm. and being so worried about having what I was afraid would be a wrong experience, right? An experience that I didn't like, including the experience of, like you said, feeling like I've missed out on an experience. So because of that, my tendency was to just stick to what I knew, period. Um, I remember, I want to say I was like wedding dress shopping or something, but there was some occasion that I was out with, you know, family members and so we were in an area we weren't usually in and everyone wants to go to lunch and I remember just freaking out and quite frankly making a nuisance of myself just being intolerable. What one of those bridezilla moments. Oh my God. And but it was nothing to do. It wasn't even a bridezilla thing. It was just strictly how uncomfortable I was with going to a restaurant that I hadn't been to before. Wow yeah and that makes life incredibly uncomfortable if even the smallest things
1: are so uncomfortable absolutely, absolutely. um how did you start to work your way through and out of that? I know sometimes we can get stuck in that for quite some time,, well, and let's start there. How long were you kind of stuck in this?
2: <laughs> yeah, so it was it was right up until probably just prior to 30. So 2930, right in there. Yeah. And the funny thing is, so many of the like obviously I I knew consciously that I wanted to be out of the suffering that I was in. However, I didn't actually think that lots of these like perfectionist tendencies and like the thing with my food not touching and whatever. Listen, I one time had a had an all-out fight with my ex-husband when we were first together because he had written, because this was back where like you're balancing your checkbook, right? By hand, uh right? And he had written in the register with a pen that was not the designated checkbook pen, according to me. And Uh so I just, I went berserkers that like there was now an inconsistency in the ink in the, checkbook in the register. check register. Yes. Okay. So those kinds of things, quite frankly, I didn't even think I needed to change about myself. Those things, I just thought everyone else was sloppy and lazy and a mess and that I needed to be even more perfect and so on, right? To make and up for that. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And I wasn't even aware initially of how much that was actually contributing to my suffering, right? So um
1: the now so, hang on, yeah, let's, go ahead. let's dig into that for a second, because we always we see ourselves as as right. We we have that predisposition, each of us, to see ourselves as right and good people and all this kind of stuff. What were the stories you were telling yourself that reinforced that perfectionistic tendency?
2: So I was probably telling myself that, that I needed to be able to prove myself,
0: right? Mm. It was a,
2: it was an, it was a constant urge toward
1: being good enough. Okay. Wow. And that's, that's a big hole to try to fill in. This. It is an impossible hole to fill in. Yeah,
2: It's an impossible hole to fill in because it's not actually empty
0: right yes. <laughs> so when we
2: try to fill a hole that isn't actually there we're never going to succeed in filling that hole and believe me i tried i found dump trucks to haul in dirt to fill in that hole and to no avail
1: <laughs> <laughs> and what did those efforts look like if someone were following you around with a video camera how how would they have seen you move through the day and the signs that you were trying to fill in that hole yeah
2: so it was um I, w- I was consumed with having perfect grades at school, with always having the right answer, with um, you know, anything that was like you said, that was considered right. So I wanted to, you know, some of my and this is kind of a typical adolescent experience, honestly, right? But obviously through those years, I felt like I didn't have the right clothes, the right hair, the right face, the right body, the right anything. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it was this constant um, calculus of, okay, here's the, the things that are wrong about me, which felt like pretty much everything. And so what are the things that I can do to Like, counteract that in some way, right? So, can I be nice enough to people? Can I get people to like me enough? Can I, like I said before, can I make perfect grades? Can I
1: win awards? Can I, right? Can can I spend enough time on my hair and my makeup and my clothes to make the right impression?
2: Yeah. Which, and according to the whatever, like, so the funny thing is, sitting here with you right now, like, this is my wash and wear. Hair. My hair is naturally curly,
1: right? Yeah. But because and it's gorgeous, just, by the way, absolutely oh, envious of your hair, I will say oh. that. <laughs> it's, but I hated it, was the
2: crazy thing. I, because it was the 80s, I would spend hours using curler, you know, what do you call it? Hot Curling rollers. irons,
1: hot Curling rollers, irons, yep. and hot
2: rollers to do something completely other than than what it does on its own to my hair because, you know, there was no sense of being okay as, as I am. Wow.
1: And so you kind of moved through this mode, you said, until you were in your late twenties, that turning into thirties era of your life. Um, And I'd like to understand how that shifted for you and and what was the thing that was that trigger. But we're already up on our first break, so I'm gonna put a pin in that and we'll come Mm -hmm. back to that after the break. And everyone who's joined us today, I would like you to grab that pen and paper that we talked about earlier and spend a couple of minutes over the break here And identify some of those places where you always feel like you need to have a little something extra, a little something more where you're coming up short in the world. Identify some of those spaces and hang with us. We'll be right back from the break.
0: Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts.
1: Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renee Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to TellZofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A dot com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's TellZofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first.
2: What's holding your business back from long-term growth? How can you accelerate the changes needed to build an adaptable platform to support transformative change? How are others optimizing business processes and systems to ensure timely decision-making through the use of data? Learn how you can minimize disruption and maximize results. Take a break with Rising, our weekly expert panel, and our host, Bonnie D. Graham, to learn how others are getting smart with technology and creating their next-gen ERP. Join us on Rising Evolution, the future-proofed enterprise, presented by Rising, a Wipro company, on the Voice America Business Channel
0: enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us follow us on instagram at voice america talk radio and see what we're cooking up for you you are listening to sovereign self with sophia renea morales we'd love to hear from you on the show today Call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for
1: hanging in with us through the break. This is Zafia Renea Morales, and I'm here with the wonderful and amazing Rebecca Quave. And before the break, uh, she was sharing with us that she had this, this unworthiness. She was trying to fill up through perfectionistic leanings, making the right choices, making the perfect grades, looking a certain way, and I also invited you to spend some time around places where you've identified quote-unquote shortfalls in who you are. And so now that we're back from the break, I would love to hear from you, Rebecca, on how did this start to shift? Was it a gradual thing or was it like someone flicked a switch on at some point and you went, oh my God, I've been doing it wrong.
2: (laughs) it was definitely a um an all at once thing um which as as you know because we've spoken about it you know has its own um side effects so to speak right? <laughs>
1: challenges that yes, come along yeah, with it
2: because it does take a lot to integrate that so i had continued on that path of okay let me prove myself let me make myself worthy somehow through creating perfect whatever. And so by that point in my life, it had included um, getting married, having a house, having children, trying to be, you know, my own version of Martha Stewart, all of that. Yeah, and then checking still... off all
1: of those boxes that we're told to check off so you can be happy eventually. Exactly. Yes.
2: And then still wondering why I wasn't. So I started to spend time, you know, sitting with myself, asking a lot of questions and starting to examine my tendencies and starting to look at what I was feeling about things. And the thread that really sort of took off like a, like a fuse, so to speak, was when I had the recognition that every feeling I was trying to separate myself from. Oh, interesting. Right? So, so I started to play with that. And when, you know, let's say I would feel angry, which I had previously
1: had plenty of, I had a I, terrible, terrible temper those first 30 years. I was going to say, usually when you feel like you have this hole, there will be a stockpile of anger back there.
2: There is. There, there was. Yeah. So, um, so whatever it was or feeling, and then when you tend to to feel that deeply unworthy and insecure, and so you'll try to use the anger as sort of a like an energy to surf because it feels like it has a
1: little more zoom to it. It does, like, it has some more energy behind it. It does, than it has more energy sad than and frustrated and yeah. Exactly, exactly, and depressed
2: and in what I would call the pits, you know? Yeah. So um so when you tend to sort of keep that at your disposal all the time it it becomes exhausting obviously right and then you try to avoid as much as possible the things that are sort of less energy than that so the sadness and the despair and the and the grief and all of that stuff that's waiting for your attention yes <laughs> so i started playing around with whatever would arise i would notice that my first reaction would be to reject it, to try to separate myself from it. So mm-hmm. I asked myself in each case, what if I'm not separate from this? What if I can't be separate from this? Mm-hmm. What if I don't have to try to separate myself from this? And it just, I don't even know how to describe how then, like, like I said, it was like this fuse got lit. And so before I knew it, all of the feelings that I had spent so much time avoiding and rejecting, didn't even feel uncomfortable anymore to me. Wow. And not only were they not uncomfortable anymore, the uh, the space and the energy that gets liberated by not spending all of this energy to to try to separate yourself and to try to reject them became ecstatic.
1: Yeah. And it's available to you to do other things with. Yeah. So exactly. Was there a was there something that particularly sent you down this path of inquiry? A lot of times things will happen in our lives. Books will fly off shelves, <laughs> that kind of thing. How how did you end up on this path of inquiry? Um just just
2: frustration. Just mm-hmm. sheer frustration of like of just feeling like I'm so unhappy and i've done every i was just at the end of my rope of i've done the things that were supposed to fix this and it's not fixed okay. and so like yeah. what else do
1: i do what else do i do yeah exactly and it's and it, cuz it
2: just is so uncomfortable to continue living that way right yeah. something i can remember sort of probably in in recent years before that i i had been complaining all the time about um, that I would love to go have a massage. And my ex-husband got me one for my birthday as a surprise. Yes. And I got up that morning. He told me about it and I flipped out. Like I was so, I went and locked myself in the bathroom for hours. Wow. He, he had to go call the massage therapist, cancel the whole thing, but it was because I was so uncomfortable with anything like change anything unexpected.
1: Um, like, do you see what I mean? I was so yeah, the surprise was the problem with the gift, not the gift itself.
2: Yeah. And I was so insecure about my body that I would have needed, even though I was complaining all the time about, Oh, it must be nice with people get a massage. I've never had a massage. I should get a massage. The reality was I would have needed like a couple weeks to sort of, prepare yourself, myself into it and to try to, yeah, to deal with it. So, you know, it's just, it's so uncomfortable to live like that.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, and you mentioned something earlier that I kind of want to turn around and shine the light back onto, which was, you said you tried all the things you're supposed to do and nothing had moved. And I, I kind of wanted to shine a light on that because that's usually a symptom that the problem you're working with is not like your typical, uh, oh, I've got an emotional problem or oh, I've got a mental problem or a physical problem. Um, things that, that have their roots in those realms respond to conventional interventions. I went to a therapist or I took a pill or, or whatever the thing was. Um, things that have their roots in more of a spiritual aspect and this higher realization tend to not respond to the conventional stuff. And I, I guess I wanna shine a light on that because a lot of times when people are seeking, they seek in the areas that they expect to find. I'm sick, therefore it must be something with my body and I have to go to the doctor to get it fixed but going to the doctor didn't fix it and they're not finding anything. And they're telling me I'm okay. That's a sign that you need to seek in one of these other areas around it, because we're not just physical beings. We're emotional and spiritual and mental and all of the things. And so if you have a physical problem, that's not responding to a physical solution, it's time to start expanding into those other three areas.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And so when I say I had done everything, I don't just mean the perfectionism. I mean, also, I went to psychologists. I went to psychiatrists. They diagnosed me. They medicated me. They re-diagnosed me. They upped my medication. They changed my medication. medication. They took me off the medication. They diagnosed me something else entirely. Like it was, you know, I truly went e- down every road <laughs> that was like just throwing myself on the altar of whatever and being like, why does this not work? <laughs> tell me, tell, me, tell me, me how I fix this. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah. So what was it that you noticed inside yourself as you started this inquiry of, well, what if I don't try to separate myself from my emotions? What were kind of your breadcrumbs or your signs that it's like, ooh, I'm onto something here? Well,
2: once once that fuse was lit, that was like a matter of days until the big kaboom. The big big
1: (laughs) kaboom, okay. (laughs) All right, well, I want to hear this story. So tell me about the day of the big kaboom. Well, or like I said, I mean, it wasn't,
2: I, I still can't like necessarily isolate it to to one day or one moment because I can't help but look at it in a way where I see that it was building trajectory. all along and that exactly. But um I was because I had been you know having this turn inward there were um you know different self improvement type things that I was trying out and whatever and so for the first time ever I actually went to, um, an event and I had never left my kids alone before they were young. I was very hesitant to do that because I was a control freak because I wanted to get everything right.
1: And and what was the event just out of curiosity?
2: Um, it was just like a retreat, but, um, so, but, but what it gave me was the opportunity to be uninterrupted. Mm. Right. To put all of my focus on what I had previously been doing just whenever I could get away at two in the morning, sitting in my closet or whatever. Right. Yeah. So to have this stretch of days on end where my meals were cooked for me, I had no one else to look after. I was just free to sit in a chair for as long as I wanted and let my inner process unravel. And that's exactly what I did. So it was while I was there that. Like I told you, I got hold of this sense of, oh, you know what? The only thing that's happening here is I'm trying to separate myself from how I feel. And so from that point, that's what I just focused on rather than like any of what I was supposed to be doing. (laughs) I'm making progress here. Don't
1: distract me with your process. (laughs)
2: Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, that's fine. That's fine. Um, And then from there, it even lost language or or anything linear right from there i would just sit down i would close my eyes and things would things would start happening i would feel like this it just felt like if you were to just be unraveled from the inside out right mm. um and then you know other things happened like i i went through i don't know how long of a period it was but where i was like shaking and my teeth were chattering but at the same time i didn't feel at all like i was shaking or like i felt the the most still i had ever felt in my life even though to people from the outside it looked like your body is having this reaction yeah Yeah. like i was having a seizure or very cold (laughs) or something like that you know and obviously none of that was
1: was actually
2: the issue um yeah
1: yeah wow that's actually a really intense spiritual experience in a lot of ways. And I would say emblematic of it being a spiritual experience much more than, than any other aspect, if you will. That's not to say that there weren't emotion involved or your or mind was involved or anything like that. But awakening does tend to have this overtone of falling apart yet being the most together that you've ever been in your life. It, there's Completely. a real aspect of peacefulness that goes along with it as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I love Yeah, so that. even though on one hand there was this sense of everything is exploding. I'm I like every cell in my body is just exploding and coming apart and everything's coming apart and everything that I ever thought I was is coming apart. It all felt fine, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know yeah. which was so opposite of, you know, because I just told you before the change or surprise was so not something that my personality shell was okay with at all, right? Like I right. complained for years when Taco Bell changed their sauce things from those little rectangular containers to a to a sauce packet, okay.
1: I was like, <laughs> like, no, this is not all right, Taco bell <laughs> it was, what, Exactly, exactly. What are you doing uh, to my world?
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. So then so for that level of like complete and utter change to feel great to me, uh, was obviously something I had never experienced before.
1: Yeah, isn't that interesting? I oftentimes talk about there's the personality self and then there's the higher self self. Where do you think the personality self was in this process? Surrendered
2: Wow! and being completely dismantled and being willing to throw herself on the fire and be totally, because there was nothing
1: left to do is how it felt. Wow, wow, that is a really profound moment right there. And I know sometimes after these moments pass, there can be kind of, what I wanna say, a resurgence sometimes, or a, a reassertion of personality afterwards. And I'd love to hear more about that, but we're up on our next break. So when we come back, we will dig into that a little bit deeper. Uh, Everyone who's joined us here today, those lists that you made over the next break, I'd like you to spend a little time with that list and ask yourself a few questions around that. Uh, I think chief of these questions, I would recommend considering asking, what am I? separating myself from? What is it that I'm, I'm not allowing to be part of my experience and my reality? And hang with us. We'll be right back from the break.
0: Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Hey, beautiful
1: soul, Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827. And let me know, how has the show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That number, 520-261-6827. Thank you so much for your feedback. It's crucial in informing where I take the show next. Thank you and go out and live soul first.
2: Say It Skillfully is my radio show about being who you are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. I'll help you find the right words to tackle any challenging conversation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. You'll learn how to achieve success on your terms and be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in your life. Check out com for practical resources, including my 90-second videos, real-life examples showing you how to speak up skillfully. I invite you to call in with your questions. Join me live every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. And no,
1: I'm cheering for you.
0: Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksofia at co. Now, back to Sovereign Self.
1: Thanks for hanging in with us through the rake. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I am here with the amazing and wonderful Rebecca Quave. And so you'd gone through this, I will call it enlightenment moment. Some people might call it an awakening or a Kundalini experience even. Um, how did your personality self respond to that after you've, you've passed through that initial moment?
2: Relief, relief. Um, it was as if for the first time, anything in my life had made sense. So I remember being as young as like 12ish years old and being confused by people saying like that 30 was old or that they didn't want to become 30 or something like that because from very young I had felt like this urge toward being 30. Yeah. Right? And it was it was strange to me because I also at the same time felt like maybe I was only going to live to 30. Which wow. made it strange for me to feel like, like that. What I really wanted at fourteen was to just be thirty, you know. Yeah. Um, And that was so, you know, at the time it was very strange. But after this, and I look down and I'm thirty, and I'm like, ha, 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 I just, I mean, it was hilarious. <laughs> I made it. <laughs> well, and it made it it made sense to me then of like, oh, this is what this would simultaneously seem like, death and the beginning of my life right? Yeah. Depending on which perspective you're looking at it from.
1: Absolutely. So, and your soul knows that that's coming. Your soul knows that's going to be the likely inflection point.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So during all of those really painful moments early on, I guess that's why I would just, without even realizing what I was getting, get this whisper of like, hang in there, baby.
1: Thirty <laughs> is <know>. coming. <laughs> you'll, you'll be okay. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. That's funny. So a lot of times when we go through something really profound like this, it has massive ripple effects in our life. So oh, it certainly did. <laughs> tell us about what happened in your life after this this awakening moment.
2: So it was a moment that just kind of, it's it stretched out. I would say that that moment then continued at that intensity for somewhere in the range of like six weeks to a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then there was years of integration after that. So sure. even for example, when I came home, um, I got in the car, I was getting picked up at the airport. The kids haven't seen me for a week, which that's the a first for them in their lives. Just getting in the car, they took a, like, a. it was like, as if they got a whiff of my energy. And instead of being mommy, mommy, blah, blah, blah they just, like melted down into their car seats and didn't say a word the whole exactly. ride.
1: Wow, we can just relax into this. This feels so good. Yeah, because <laughs> they were young enough to just
2: catch hold of that and not question it, right? Um, whereas their dad got a bit more rigid. Like, yeah, as, stiff as, and
1: uptight and resistant. As the, Exactly, as,
2: as the drive went on. And so, and then it immediately, like, I would say within, I don't know, the time frame, if it was days or within days or weeks of that. So again, it's like you said, there's there's ripple effects, some of which seem fantastic and some of which um from the outside scary look scary and like, not what you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I I what I felt like my perception of things was that I was just swimming in this ever expanding sea of love, which was all me. And I was having to relearn how to operate my body as if it was a marionette.
1: Yeah. A new new machine you'd been introduced to. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so I
2: would sit with my kids and it felt like all I was ever doing was just letting this love unfold. And yet meanwhile, I must have been doing other things because it's not like the house went into ruin or the kids starved or ran naked or yeah. anything like that. So I was doing <laughs> those things.
1: Be, before and, enlightened wood, chop wood, carry ex- water. After enlightenment, chop exactly, wood, carry water. Yes. yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just you kids, don't notice it. Is <laughs> you, kind of what it was. Yeah, exactly. You just don't notice it as much afterwards.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And so, um, but things became apparent to me. So, If six months prior to that time, if you had told me, hey, you're going to get a divorce, you're going to be on your own, I would have laid on the kitchen floor, kicked and screamed, cried, moaned, and begged to trade you anything, including my own limbs, to to not have that happen, yeah, right.
1: Let's maintain the status quo. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. I, I'm and, I'm anti-surprise woman over here. <laughs> Do not, right. I I can't deal with Taco Bell's change. Don't give <laughs> me this.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: So and yet
2: I I you know got in. The, I was in the tub one day and it. I was I just suddenly knew a bunch of things that I hadn't known before. Yes. And I called my ex-husband in and I I can't even call it confronting him because it wasn't like I said, "Hey, I know XYZ." Mm-hmm. I just saw, said to him, "Tell me." Yeah. And something in the energy just compelled he then confessed he was ha- he was having drug problems. Oh. Um and so everything just unfolded from there. And I sat him down and told him, and again, as far as the integration piece goes, right? I I might down the road have handled this differently, but at that moment, I was so in this space that I couldn't even comprehend that this would be difficult to anyone. I, didn't, I, I couldn't even comprehend that this would be a strange way to address this was to sit him down at the kitchen table and say, guess what? For the first time in my life, I know what love is. And I love me and I love you and I am love and we have to get a divorce. And not understanding why he was like, what are you talking about? Those two things are opposites. They don't go together. Me and, yeah. love me, and that we're getting a divorce are not the same
1: thing. And I was like,
2: yeah, they, are.
1: Yeah, they <laughs> are. Because you have a path that I'm not taking and I have to let you have that path.
2: Yeah. exactly exactly and so um and it was it was even just me taking the path that i was taking right because since my path was uncomfortable to him
1: oh yeah and intensely right? uncomfortable from him his body language told you all about that when you got back in the car the first time
2: yeah yeah and even after that there was there was even outward objection of like what happened to you what's wrong with you you're so different Da, 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 you know, and I got that reaction from a lot of people who were close to me. Um, but, you know, <laughs> what do you do? <laughs>
1: it's I am who I am. Just exactly. going to have to roll with this. So how did your how did your family take it? Like your mother and father, those kinds of folks?
2: Um. Yeah, it was a lot of mixed reactions. So something that I didn't find out about until years later, one of my brothers was had come to stay with me shortly after. And I didn't even comprehend at the time that he left earlier than planned. Right. Cause mm. again, I'm just in this like everything is perfect. Yeah. You and know,
1: so you're leaving today. Fabulous.
2: Great. Right, exactly. Yeah. And I didn't find out until years later. My sister told me that he went back to like my mom and my sister and, you know, the rest of the family. Very upset and oh. very, te- like, wanting them to, like, intervene on me somehow. And when, that w- apparently, when they would ask him, like, well, what's wrong with Rebecca? Like, what exactly? Because yeah, he just what, kept saying, "What is do he- know who that is. That's not my sister. That's not yeah. Rebecca. That's not my sister. <laughs> She's not okay. Something's wrong. Da, da, da. And he was very upset and freaked out. And yet, the only thing they could get out of him about what was so wrong is he said, she just goes around all day, just not getting bothered by anything. <laughs> <laughs> and that was so foreign compared to the way my been personality previously. structure had
1: been. <laughs> right. Yeah, and exactly. Like, because every little thing was an irritation before.
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: So, um, <laughs>
2: yeah. And I remember my grandmother at the time had a habit of sometimes on her way home from work, in the afternoon she would stop at my house and i would make her coffee and and chat and whatever and so this might have been a little further into maybe i was like starting to integrate a little bit that she i could tell that she was disturbed and that and i forget what she said to me um oh that she said like something's wrong something's like she she made some reference to something being wrong with me and I at that point had the presence to ask her, well, do I do I actually seem not okay to you or do I just seem different? Right? I had this yeah. recognition that like most people's minds are wired that just different means not okay. Right. Right? And so I sort of walked her through this where I said where I acknowledged I am different definitely. Yeah. But just trust me when I tell you it's good. I'm happy. And I'm okay. I'm
1: happier than I've ever been. In and fact, I'm, I'm okay. more okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And how did she receive that? Or she, did she, she into it? it. She did. Yeah.
2: She did. And it was sort of a, it was a it was a split. Cause again, as I was this, as all of this was unfolding, I was able to be aware of like what someone's mind was doing versus what their energy system was doing versus what their emotions right and so even though she didn't quite feel like she comprehended it at a mental level there was something that she settled into
1: beautiful beautiful and that really helps you to preserve those relationships when people can start to accept that the differentness is okay yeah. I know when I first woke up, I was extremely concerned about telling my husband, because I, uh, before my awakening, very scientific, logical, rational, two plus two equals four, replicatable, all that, all that stuff. It was. Oh like yeah, a- my degree is in science, so I yeah, get you there <laughs> exactly. It and it, it wasn't just scientific thought; it was like, practically speaking, a religion for me. And he married this person who all of that was basically a religion for her. And so I was very concerned about telling him, well, I've had this awakening and now I'm seeing crossed over dead people and knowing things about the future and the past that I have no way to really know, and speaking in tongues and (laughs) all that fun stuff that went with it. And God love him. He took it so much better than I did. And the conversation went really, really well. And I have to I have to give that to my mother-in-law, I think, because his mother is a very spiritually dialed-in woman. She sees the miracles around. She talks to her angels and asks for parking spaces, <laughs> this kind of thing. And so I think it wasn't nearly as big a reach for him that his wife would start behaving mm. in that way uh because he'd, he'd grown up with it with his mother
2: yeah that's that's fantastic yeah yeah it, but so it, for it, me it wasn't even yeah. something that like that i felt like that i would have to tell anyone i can't say that that occurred to me because it was just it just was you know yeah. it was like i i wasn't i wasn't feeling like I needed to eat or sleep or, and and I would have these like bouts of energy and joy where I was just running up and down the stairs in my house and howling, laughing and feeling like I had to wait for it to, to sort of burn off, you know? And, um, so, but what I can say, you know, as things unfolded, you know, a divorce can be a lot of things and, People don't think that that's great a lot of times, but looking back, it was nothing short of miraculous because we, we underwent this divorce using only one attorney, which technically attorneys aren't supposed to do because it means one person is unrepresented technically, right? right? There was child custody. There was the finances were, as you can imagine, you know, a mess. Yeah. Especially Um, if
1: he's having drug challenges. Exactly. So it
2: was all of these things that could have been an incredibly lengthy and contentious process. And it was none of the above because I, I was so clear that it needed to be, or that it was going to be harmonious. And I remember going and interviewing a couple of attorneys and the minute I would give them the details. I would feel them shift. Like there was blood in the water Yeah, and they wanted part of it. And I was like, Nope, that's not what we're doing. Nope. That's not what we're doing. Nope. That's nope. what we're doing. That's not how it was. Going. I wrote things down on uh, in a notebook and my ex and I agreed to them. We took that to an attorney. Boop, boop, boop. We kept Write a side agreement that yeah. wasn't, that was just between us as far as some details about some things. And and that was it. And we got him into recovery. And it's not that it was like perfectly smooth all the all the way along. But, you know, my kids are now 20 and 24. And their dad is clean, has been for years and years. He and I have a good relationship. He has a good relationship with the kids, you know.
1: Yeah. And uh, that's that's more than you ever expect when somebody says, well, we're going to have to split. Exactly. It's it's not an easy it's not an easy place to arrive yet, at, and yet it is. <laughs> so we are up on the end of this first interview, part one of the interview, I guess you could say. Um, I'd like to thank you for joining me today. And I'm looking forward to continuing this conversation because there's so much more to unpack because we haven't even gotten into how to. Yeah, this I feel change... like we're
2: barely scratching the surface. <laughs> exactly. So how does I'm this so change? Glad we're
1: going to continue. How you're moving into the world. And so, everyone who's joined us here today, hold on to that pen and paper, hold on to those observations you've made about your own self and your own journey and hang tight for part two, which is coming next week, where you'll get more insights on what you can do with those observations to move yourself into your strength, your power, and onto your life purpose. And uh, if you have any questions or comments, I would love to hear them. You can reach me at AskZofia, A-S-K-Z-O-F-I-A, at transformationspace.co. And until next week, go out, And live soul first.
0: Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Please join host Zofia Renea Morales again next week, right here.